All right, good evening. Are you guys guys ready? You know, I've, I've had a, a, an interesting week. Uh, and and um, sometimes pastors, I think, when you're preaching and teaching, sometimes you put pressure on yourself that you've got you to change people and you've just got to make them understand and, you, and you've got to... You, you, you just, there's just things, and, and sometimes when you don't see that occur, you, you feel a burden. And, and God reminded me this week that all I'm really called to do is just to be faithful, just to do my best to prepare to teach the Word of God and, and, and fight for you and pray for you. But it's up to you, right? I can't force you to, to put the Word of God into practice in your own life. True? True. You've got to do it on your own. So this is what, you know, even as I come here tonight, um, and, and <clears throat> my goal is this. I invite you to come to the table tonight uh, and to uh, see what God has in store for you in his word. We're in the book of J- Jonah. We're in the third, third week, and uh, we're just going to jump into it from here. Cool? Yeah? Are you, are you with me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, have you ever seen some, someone tumble or spir, 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 spiral down? And I, I don't mean like falling down, like bend in a lip sync. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about um, someone who makes a dis- decision in their life that's not good. And then they follow it up with, with a worse one. Uh, and then they do something really stupid is what you would say. I don't know if you realize to say that word, but it, they just keep. It just keeps getting worse and worse. Have you ever known someone that's like that? And some of you <laughs> might say, and I think we all could, in times of life going, Pastor Dan, that's me. Dude, I've, I've done that a couple times where it started off small. And I don't know about you, but they always tend to snowball, right? The, a small sin, it might be a little lie here or a, a, a small sneer or mean comment you said here. And all of a sudden it rolls into this big fight and this huge deal and it didn't you didn't start off for it to be that bad, but it, it got that bad. And when we look at the book of jo- Jonah, I can't help but see a guy who was just spiraling down, bad decision after bad decision. And partly you go, Jonah, how could you? And partly I go, Jonah, I can relate to you. I understand making stupid decisions. I, have, I am the king of that within my life, if I were to be honest now, so far in our, our story, there's been two sort of main parts into it. Verses 1 and 2, God says, go, and Jonah says, no. You see the rhyme there? Uh-huh. In verses 3 through 5, uh, he flees to, to Joppa to get on a boat. God sends a storm. It barely stays afloat. Boat and afloat, you get it? You with me? All right, so, so they're on this the, the, the ship. God sends a storm. The ship's about to break apart. These men that have been raised on the sea are terrified they're about to die. And they're like, dude, what's going on? They're praying to their little G gods, not the real one true God. They're praying to their who, who they worship. And Jonah is where? He's asleep in the bottom of the boat. Everybody's freaking out. The boat's about to be destroyed, and he is sleeping. And isn't it that happened when we get caught in sin and we are in sin? First thing we do is hide. Now, I've got youth that I, I've 
really gotten to build really strong relationships with. And there's times in the, the, in the, the relationships I've had w- with these youth that all of a sudden they don't show up as much and they start to hide. And I'm always having to go search for them. Why? Because when we're in sin, we don't like to admit that we're in sin. When we're in sin, we are ashamed of ourselves. And we find themselves just hiding, ducking down in the boat. That's sort of the point of, of where the text is going to start. Now, now, Jonah is a disobedient prophet of God. That's an oxymoron. Prophet of God should not be disobedient. Those two words don't go together. But keep this in mind. Disobedience is sin. True or false? True. Any disobedience to God is a sin. Now, one thing I've learned about sin, I've used this just a few years ago, but I've got to share it now. Sin splatters. And what I mean by that is at our old house, we used to live in Timber Creek. Who here has ever been in my old house in Timber Creek? Uh, Quite a few of you. Put your hands down. Well, in um, in our kitchen, we had a tile that I think was made of vibranium or something like that because it was the hardest metal in the world was our tile. You could drop, if you dropped a cake batter in, a, in any type of bowl, as soon as it touched the floor, it would, wouldn't break, it would explode. And um, the blast zone was like probably 2.3 miles. It was like shards and batter and stuff everywhere. The, the microwave door would be closed and it would be caked with batter somehow on the inside. That's how bad when stuff would drop on that floor, it would just, if like Maylie, Maylie, I don't mean to share the story, but she dropped her teddy, teddy bear once on it and cotton went everywhere. Okay. It was that hard of a floor. And this is what I know when, 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 you, when you hear it break, and we'd have stuff break every week, first thing was freeze. Everybody freeze. Because in this whole house, you were not safe. And then I would, I would say, where are my shoes? And then I would go and I would carry everybody out of the blast zone into the safe zone. But sin is the same way. Do we understand that? We think sin, it only affects me. You know, Pastor Dan, the relationship I have with the girlfriend I'm dating and the stuff that we do, it only affects us. It doesn't affect anybody else. And that is a lie. That is not true. Do you understand that there are people you have no idea that are watching you and you will lead them towards God or away from God with the actions that you do? And if you claim to be a believer in Christ and put your faith in Christ, you are accountable to how you sway them right or wrong. And then, like, on our floor, stuff would, like, fling everywhere. The batter or whatever would get everywhere. Nooks and crannies. Sin doesn't sin. It's, it's messy, and it affects more than you. And in this story, we see that Jonah's sin is affecting more than just him. We're going to start off with him asleep on the boat. I've got a video of Keith Messer. A lot of you know Keith. Keith was in our youth group. He's a missionary with a group called the NAVs at UNF uh, serving there. But he's going to read the text for us tonight. We're in Jonah chapter 1 verses. He's going to read verses, I think, 6 through 12. So I'm going to ask you as we do each week, stand in honor just to remind you this is God's word that we have in our hands. This is what you get to take home and read every day at your house is the word of God. And God wants to speak to you through it. So um, but make sure we've got the sound plugged in for that because it won't work well without the sound. 
and uh, fo- follow along in your Bible. Starting over. <laughs> it's all good. I wanted y'all to hear it twice. Dan asked me to read John 1, uh, 6 through 12 for you guys. So here you go. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps your God will give a thought to us, that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on them. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the All right, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you. For... Oh, thanks, Keith. <laughs> Dear God, we thank you for your word. And um, God, we just ask for you just to um, uh, speak to us tonight. And uh, we thank you for the gift of your son, uh, Jesus. Without him, we'd, be, we'd all be lost. His name we pray, amen. Have a seat. All right, have any of you cast lots before? Anybody cast lots before? Participated in something where you cast lots? Can I ask you, you did that just like 20 minutes ago in the edge? You, you, were, you came up and you grabbed a card. Did the one who won, did he win by skill? No. How did he win? Luck or, or, or chance, right? It was, it was chance. Casting lots is the same as head, head, heads or tails. We see it at Football games all the time. Who's going to get the ball first? Uh, you, you, so casting lots is just, it was a game of chance, whether it was sticks they had that were hidden, and on the bottom of the stick, one was red. And so they, it says that they sort of picked to try to find out, okay, this, is, this storm is, is something that's bigger than just a storm. Someone's made God mad. Uh, and they would say, they're God mad, and who is it? And so they, 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 they would do this in the old testament times they cast lots to sort of see when they couldn't figure out what to do they 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 cast lots and let chance work we understand that in this story it wasn't chance it was fate and god at work and god's sovereignty here so have you ever played the game what are the odds yes um it became a craze in our youth group i want to say five years ago seven years ago uh and I think it is the most, one of the dumbest games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, 
Now, this is the way the, the game works, and I'm going to tell you a story from a disciple now that we did where it was at Corbin Tremblay's house. Keith Messer was in the youth group. Dick, Dick, Dick. Declan Rooney was there as well. So it was sort of back in that sort of youth group age. Who was there? Okay, okay. David's a witness to this event. Um, now, what, what are the odds of this is, is you would go around, and please don't start this game up. I'm like, do I even, if they don't know it, do I even tell them it? And you'd say, what are the odds? And like, what are the odds that you'll walk next door uh, without shoes on, without socks, and knock on the door and just ask for a pair of socks? Don't say anything, but ask for a pair of socks. <laughs> and the person would go, one in a hundred, or something like that. The person would, would say one in a hundred or one in ten. If he was, he was really dumb, or they would say bold, I would say dumb. He would say one in like four. So at the same time, the person that asked him and the the person that was, was challenged would go one, two, three, and they shout out a number between either one and four, one and ten, one and whatever odds they picked. And if one said 16, one said 12, well, well, you don't have to do it because the same number wasn't picked. But if you pick the same number, you just drop everything that you're doing right there and go do whatever, whatever the claim was, right? Crazy, huh? I've seen so many youth run around Chick-fil-A yelling weird things. I can't even begin to tell you about it. So let's not, we almost got kicked out of, Ch- of Chick-fil-A like our, our youth group did. So they're at, the high school guys are at this house. And I, I don't know who said this to Declan. Dalton Beatty. Dalton Beatty said this to Declan. Thank you. I thought that might come. Um, says, hey, Declan, what are the odds that you'll suck on Keith Messer's toe. <laughs> now, let me tell you, y'all know what Fred Flint, Flintstone feet are, right? Well, Keith never wore shoes. He was outside all the time, and his feet looked like they'd been run over by a dump truck a couple times. And nails were all splintered. It was just crazy looking. And so, Declan says one in 20. Holy cow, 5% chance right there that you're going to have to do this. So they go, 1, 2, 3, 19. Both of them said it at the same time. There's a video of this event that I, I had and I deleted because I felt like it was against the law in thir- 37 states. And Declan sucked on Keith Messer's toe. Eilish, aren't you proud of your brother? My family right there. Yeah, baby. Rooney's. Rooney's for life, man. We keep our word. You know, I am. Um, uh, I asked him that I didn't know about it until late that night or the next day. I saw Declan. I said, Declan, what in the world were you thinking? And he's like, I don't think he's really good at odds, like, like telling odds, first of all. And I said, what are you thinking? I said, bro, I can't believe you did that. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. And I watched the video 18 times because it's something you just can't help but watch, you know? And he said, um, I said, why in the world is you? He said, Pastor Anna, I had to do it. I, I had to keep, to keep my word, which mad respect for that. But I would rather cut off my arm than have to do what, what he did. Um, you know what? I, I wish we had that type of conviction when it talk, was with our, our walk with, with God, right? Whatever it takes. 
man, whatever, I know it's gross, scary, hard. We need that conviction. That has nothing to do with our message, but man, we need that type of conviction. But please do not do that dare to anybody in this youth group. That's against the law here. And I will kick you out of the youth group. Okay, good. Good talk. Um, Sometimes, and this is talking about the story we're in in Jonah, where we're convicted to confess, right? We feel bad. We feel convicted about it. And we go and tell someone, I'm sorry, this is what I did. But sometimes we're caught to confess. And in this story, we see a prophet of God who's, 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 who's running away from God. He's not convicted to confess. He's caught to confess. He's hiding in the boat. They call him up, said, pray to your God. Who are you? He says, who he is. They say, well, what are you doing? And he's, uh, what did you do? And he never really, he gets quiet at that point, you know, and so they cast lots, lot falls on him. The only thing he says is, hey, cast me overboard. Save yourself. To save yourself, cast me off the ship and that will save you. And some will go, look at Jonah. I mean, he was an honorable prophet. He was willing to give himself up for the rest of the crew. Or was he just wallowing in himself, and he'd rather die than obey God. Be told, uh, when I, when I, I wrote this part, I, I wrote it as Jonah's confession, but it wasn't a confession of Jonah. It, it's, a, it's a half confession. It's an empty com- confession. If he was repentant of what he did, sorry for what he did, when you, for what you've done, if you've wronged someone, you know what you do, you, had, you admit what you did was wrong and you changed the behavior against them, right? If, you don't, if, I, if I say I, I'm sorry what I did and you don't change, was there any change to begin with? Was there any repentance to begin with? Because if he, he was doing the right thing, this is what he would, he would have said. He would be on that ship and he said, you know what? I'm running from God because I didn't want to follow and go speak to the evil Ninevites. So um, can we turn our ship around and go back so I can do what God called me to do? That would have been repentance here. But he doesn't. He doesn't do that. It's an empty, it's a sad, empty confession. And how many times do we give sad, empty confessions and we think that that was good enough? Oh, it was good enough. When God says, you know what, when, when we're really sorry for what we did, we, we repent, we turn from that beha- be- behavior, we see that he did not. Um, <clears throat> I'm reminded of a story uh, that has to do with Maylee when she was younger and Joseph. Um, uh, can, can I share, share this story? Good, thanks. <laughs> um, I was at the house, and I would say Joe was probably... Eight and Maylee's five, or maybe four and seven, somewhere along that age, and I hear a thwack, and Joseph starts squalling because he was a squaller. I mean, just, just sorry, Joe, um, but you were, and um, and so Joe comes up and he's holding his head, and Maylee comes up and she's holding a bat. <laughs> Joe, what what happened? And. Uh, he said, Maylee, wipe me in the head with the bat. I said, Maylee, did you whack Joe in the head with the bat? No, it wasn't like a, like a full wooden like one, but it was a hard enough one. And Maylee goes, uh-huh. <laughs> and I went, Maylee, do not hit Joe with the bat, okay? Okay. And then she says, I said, tell Joe that you're sorry. Sorry, oh, oh. And so I was like, all right, cool. 
two whole minutes passed. Dwack. <laughs> Joseph now is, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I wish he would. It made, it made the story work. Um, Joe comes back, and she's hit, hit him again in the head. Maley, did you hit Joseph in the head with a bat? Uh-huh. <laughs> did I tell you not to do it? Uh-huh. Sorry, Joe. I didn't even tell her to say sorry. I was like, no, 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 you cannot. So was she, was she sorry for what she, she did? Joe's like, no. No. Sorry, Joe, I didn't mean to bring up that. <laughs> repentance always requires adjustment. Without adjustment, there's no repentance. We see in the story empty confession. Point two is that... Uh, True repentance or confession brings adjustment to it. It, It's obedience, really, is what it is. The way that he would have been obedient was to follow God's first command in the first place. Go to the evil Ninevites and preach my word to them. That's what he was called to do. He was running away from it. Now, look in here in verse 12 again. And, and this is, is what it says. It says, um, he, he said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that, that this great tempest has come upon you. Then it says, nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not. For the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Uh, therefore, they called out to the Lord. Uh, this is not Jonah who calls out to the Lord. This is the pagan sailor men who call out to the Lord. Um, so we see the prophet of God hiding from God with an empty confession who gets caught, who doesn't adjust his life, and he's not the example for you to follow. But we can relate to him, I think, in our life. And if you're in that spot, can I... T- I tell you, the only way out of that is obedience to God. When God says, honor me with your life, be pure in your relationships, watch your mouth and the way that you speak to others, be, be full of grace, but seasoned with salt. You know, when he, when he says these things, we're called to obey him. And Jonah, just, just don't miss it. He's not being sacrificial. He's not like, man, J- Jonah was a great guy. In the end, he came around. He didn't come around there. He still d- didn't turn back to God. But he, knew, he was just like, just throw me off. He was despairing. He was ashamed. He was sunk. I'm about to sink even further when we look at the text. Um, but this is what's cool in this text. We finally see a right r- response. And it's not in the prophet of God that we see it, but it's in the pagans. You know, a pa- pa- pagan is what? Do we know? A lost person, someone who's, who's not in relationship with Christ is, is a pagan, someone who doesn't believe in, in Yahweh, the one true God. That's what a pagan is. And the right response comes from not the prophet, but the, but the pagan. In every part of this text that we've read, the, the pagan sailors lost outshine the prophet of God, which is interesting. Even in our world today, sometimes when you, 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 you walk around and there's a thing called common grace, and that's the, that God gives and loves, gives blessings and gifts to all of, of, of mankind. It's common grace. Uh, and and we're, we have gifts and abilities and talents and 
artistic or whatever that we can use for God, but God gives them all to all of mankind. Just because you're a believer in Christ doesn't mean you only get gifts from God. God gives his blessings to everybody. Every good and perfect gift comes from God above. So even for, for those that don't know him, it's interesting um, that the pagans are the ones that are honoring God in this next part of the text, and he's not. Uh, and what's happening here is, is, is wild because he was called to go to Nineveh to preach to the evil Ninevites, and he's, they're, they're lost. There's no hope for them. Why would God even care to save them? And here on a ship... God is, is using his story to not only try to pursue him, but pursue the men that are all around him. And the, the, the ones he thinks are a lost cause uh, in, in, in Nineveh are just like the ones on the ship that he thinks are a lost cause. But it says this in verse 14. It says this, Therefore they called out, um, well, and he said, in 13, he said, throw me overboard in 12 and 13, the men go, man, you're, you're a human life. We're not going to waste your life. And they try to row to get to shore, but they can't get there. They figure out all hope is lost. So in, in 14, they say, therefore, they call out to the Lord. The word there they call out is to Yahweh. They're not calling out to their small G gods. They're calling out to the one true God. That's what Lord means. It's Yahweh. Um, and, and they call out to him and they say, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, Yahweh, once again, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. Okay, wait, these are sailors lost who were just praying to their small g gods just half hour before, ten minutes before, five minutes before and now they've seen the one true God work. And it says that they feared the one true God exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and they made vows. Now, we don't know what all that means. Many commentators believe that these men turned, this is a sign that these men turned from the life that they were going, and they came into a relationship with God, all because of the events that they saw that occurred on the ship. What's amazing in this story and beautiful in this story is that when Jonah was thrown off the ship, the storm ceased. And don't forget, this is a storm that was bigger than any storm they had ever seen in their life. Jesus did that once too. He, he did do, do that. Are you reading my notes? I know that's just what Okay, okay, because you, uh, like always, are right on. Um, very good, sir. Uh, and we're b- about to get there. Now, God was compassionate on the sailors, true or false? True, right? And and it shows that they worshiped him in that moment. We don't know all that that entails. But we also see that God was compassionate on Jonah. Look at verse 17, the part part of the story you've all grown up with and you had uh, since you were a book on it, since you were a small kid, if if, uh, you went to church. In verse 17, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let me remind you of this God. Our God is a pursuing God. And the God that pursued him to great lengths pursues you and I to great lengths as well. 
And he doesn't only pursue you for relationship, which he does. He pursues you to be in relationship with him. But he, he pursues you also to be in continual right relationship w- with him. What does that mean? Ob- ob- obedience to, to him. And when you are not being obedient and things don't work your way, what he wants you to do is wake up. Wake up. He's throwing things in your way, do you understand, to wake you up so that you'll adjust and not keep doing what you're doing, but get back in line in obedience to him. The, um, as my brother Andre was saying, the story of Jonah foreshadows the coming redeeming Christ. It's a, it's a foreshadowing. It's a, pi- a picture of a lot of ways uh, in, in, the new, in the Old t- t- Testament, they call it a type, that he's a, a, a Christ type. Not that, that Christ was like Jonah or Jonah was exactly like Christ, but there were things in the story that points us to the Messiah, Jesus Christ, in the New Testament. This is, this is some of it. In, in this text, we see a storm that's the wrath of God, and it's affecting everybody on the boat. And in, in our, 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 our story, and it's, it, the wrath is there, why? Because of Jonah's disobedience. And in, in our story, the wrath of God rests upon us because we are born and live and choose to be in rebellion against God for all of what? Sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have, uh, all, all, all have sinned and fallen short. And the, the, the wages, what we earn of sin is what? Death. Okay? So we, we've all sinned. And that brings God's wrath because God's a just God. He's got, sin has got to have a payment to it. God's not a mean God, but he's a just, just God. He's like a good judge who's a just judge. And a good judge, there's got to be a penalty for the crime, for the sin. If not, he's not a good judge. God is the exact same way. In this as well, we see that by tossing Jonah overboard, the wrath of God was 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 satisfied in an instant, and Jesus, by living a perfect life, dying his death on a cross, as he payment for for our sins, for yours and for mine, the wrath of God was satisfied instantly. It took no time. Just like that storm was calm, that's what he he did for us. Some, 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 some in this room. We all sin. It separates us from God. And the only way to be in right relationship with God is putting our faith and trust in, in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he lived a life, a perfect life without sacrifice. Not for mine because we can't pay for our, our own because we are sinful. But he lived a life which, which he, he could pay for, for our sin. And he gave to us not only the payment for our sin, but the r- righteousness that he, he earned. That's what he gives to everyone who puts their faith and trust in him. That's you going, okay, I put my faith and in, in trust in you. Now, now some, even in the, in, in the news today or this week, I saw Steve Har- Harvey, who has talked about his faith in Christ quite a bit through the years, but he's sort of been on the fence. I think there's a lot of roads that lead to God, not, 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 not just one. But John, John 14, 6 says, uh, 
Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's not many ways to God. There's only one way to God. If you don't know him, and I hope you will, put your faith and trust in him. I think there's many in this room that you do know God, that you've put your faith and trust in him, and you're doing well in some areas of your life, but in some, you know, you know you're not doing well. You're, you're straying away from whatever God's commands are, whether it's the way that you honor your mother and father at home. That's important. If you don't submit yourself to the authority of your parents now, you're never going to submit yourself to the authority of God later. And I'm talking about parents aren't perfect. I understand that. They make mistakes. I understand that. But most make mistakes and love you dearly. And I know there's some extreme cases out there that aren't like that. And if you're ever in a case like that, please come talk, talk to me. Please come let me help you. Honor your mother and father. Be pure in your relationships. What, what are you doing that's separating you, not helping you grow with your walk with Christ right now? Are you getting into the word? Sometimes it's not the sins that you do, it's the, the things that you don't do to grow, to, to reading the word on your own. If I feed you one time a week at the edge, no matter how great I could hope to ever be, you would starve. You would not have enough. You would not grow in your faith. My hope is that you will grow. And some tonight just need to remember First John 1, 9. If we, if we confess our sins, uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Pastor Dan, you don't know what I've done. It's okay. I don't need to know what you've done. I know how great a God he is. Uh, and don't limit the power of God in your life. Let's follow him. And if we're getting off course, let's get back on course. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much uh, for the chance just to, to talk about things that, that give you honor. And that, God, as, as we have uh, just a, a short time of uh, a challenge right here, God, I ask that you'll just help students to be real uh, and to seek after you. I'm going to ask for all heads bowed and eyes closed just, uh, just for a minute or two as we close. And um, you may be here tonight and God has spoken to you specifically about there's an issue you just need to work on. There's a sin that has crept in that you know that you need to not just leave it alone, but you've got to turn away from it and get back to where God wants you to be. And we, we, we all have struggles. Uh, but if, if you want just someone just to go, man, will you just pray for me tonight? I'm just going to ask you just to look up, uh, meet eyes with me, just sort of look up and uh, just look at me right now if you just want someone to pray for you and know you're not alone. Okay, I see you. I see you. I got you. Okay. Got you. If I missed you, raise your hand. I got you. Anybody else? Okay. Okay. Dear God, I thank you so much for um, students in this room that um, want to honor you. And so, God, I just ask right now that, that whatever is going on, that you'll give them courage to um, 
confess and make it right, no matter what it costs, no matter how, how hard it is. Lord, give them the courage and the strength just to honor you. Uh, give them the, just the perseverance to get in your word uh, more than once or twice a week. Uh, give them the strength to be bold at school or on their sports teams or uh, their workplaces or wherever they are. God, we thank you that you don't condemn us, that you f encourage us, that you pursue us. So God, I ask this, that, that, that students in this room will be uh, encouraged as they leave, but they'll also be obedient as well. Uh, thank you for the chance for us to be here. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Y'all have a great week. Thank you.